Hi guys, it's Becca Sajana. I hope you guys are doing well. Today I want to talk about how to invite more abundance in your life. How to invite more abundance in your life, right? And how to decrease the lack that you get. So first I'm going to talk about the difference between abundance, a successful person who is engaged in abundant thinking, and vice versa, right? Individuals who focus on the lack thinking and what occurs, okay? So what I want to first start out with is saying that the subconscious mind believes what it what, it, what you tell it, right? The subconscious mind focuses and grows the area that you think about the most, right? So if that's the case, you want to be you want to be aware of what you think about, right? Throughout your day. And most of us unfortunately are always in this lack mindset, right? We're waiting for something great to happen, or we're waiting for some to, to attain some goal. Uh, we're waiting for retirement, or whatever it is, right? Again, we're always in this lack mindset, or what didn't go well in our life, right? Our childhood struggles, our the career that we never got, or you know, the degree that the license that we never, you know, attained. Again, lack thinking. Many of us also wake up in that state, right? Where we're like, oh my goodness, we wake up by thinking about all the lack that occurred the night before, the day before, right? Or from, like, the, in, in your thoughts, you have this mind pattern that's repetitive of this, the lack mindset, right? And I want you to start becoming aware of that. So that's number one. Number two is, now the goal, right, is what success, to focus on what successful people do, but they focus on the abundance in their life, right? Because when you focus on the abundance in your life, no, you, you invite more abundance, right? You increase that abundance, right? So, again, focusing on it, even if it's 10 minutes a day where you sit down and you sit and think about, you create a list of all your happy moments in your life. You create another list of all your successes in your life, right? When you focus on that for at least 10 minutes a day, start seeing how your life starts flourishing, right? Because you're in that abundant mindset, right? And I really want you to focus on like, like, like just self-reflect on like when you wake up, don't get out of bed until you are in an abundant mindset, right? So just watch your thoughts and see what, which, where it's going, right? Is it the lack or is it the abundant mindset, right? And then don't get out of bed until you're in that abundant mindset. Also, um, something very, very important to understand is that there has been many, many studies that have been done, right? Uh, I think Joe Dispenza does this work where he talks about having this change mindset, right? So when you're in this change mindset, you're actually in you're actually in abundant state because what happens is if you're in a growth mindset, you're still waiting for something to happen, but if you're in a change mindset, you're already abundant. You already feel you already believe that you already have everything in your life right, and everything else will happen, because you're in that, like, positive mindset, and then what ends up happening is you go take action, so it's important to have a change mindset, because you just get up and take action, you're not waiting for anything to happen, because when you're waiting for something to happen, you're still in that lack mindset, something to ponder over, it's, it's, it's an interesting way of thinking, right, it's, it's different than the growth mindset, it's, it's again, you're not waiting for anything to happen because you're already amazing. You're already abundant. You have everything, right? Now you're just going to get more, right? More abundance in your life. And and this is, you know, um, 
I know in Islam, they talk about this too. Like if you focus on gratitude, God gives you more, right? So these are certain things that you want to like reflect on. Interesting, right? Yeah. All right, guys. So again, say no to lack, lack, right? And increase that abundance in your life. Say no to lack, the lack mindset, right? Say absolutely no to lack thinking. I'm not living there anymore. I already have everything I need in my life. And that's it. And only good things happen in my life. Only good things will happen in my life, right? And anything that doesn't, I'm going to work through it because I'm in a change mindset as well. All right, guys. Hope this was helpful. Hi, guys. This is Dr. Prajana. I hope you guys are doing well this morning. Today, I want to talk about how to not be a victim. How to not be in a victim uh, mindset. So what is a victim mindset? A victim mindset is a person who doesn't really take action when certain things are making them uncomfortable, when certain things are victimizing them, basically, right? So I'm going to share like a strategy, some strategies that you can use to not be in that victim mentality, right? Mindset. So number one, whenever you feel uncomfortable, take care of it, right? Whenever you feel the discomfort, Get out of that discomfort, right? Again, not being in that uh, victim mentality. Another thing that you can do is that you can, when let's say you pay for it, you're at a hotel or you're at a restaurant and you're not getting the quality food that that you paid for, say something, right? So the goal is, the goal is to, again, any discomfort, take care of it, okay? Um, I'll give you an example. Like a lot of us are so trained certain situations that we we think that we don't other people will take care of it for us right so like the other day I was at a hotel and it was so loud extremely loud right someone was putting playing music really late at night and no one said anything in the entire floor no one so obviously I made the phone call to the main off to the the front desk and I told them like hey this is what's going on. It's late. Someone is, you know, uh, playing music very loud. So then the, the management took care of it. Again, like, why should you suffer? So if you're suffering, right, don't speak up. God gave you a voice for a reason, right? So again, to get out of that victim mentality, don't wait for somebody to do something. You need to do something about it right? Unfortunately, a lot of people are waiting for someone else to do something to take care of the situation, right? Like it's, it's that deep individuation state where when there's a bigger group and something is going on, like a, a wrong action of some sort, some, you're always waiting for someone else to take care of it, right? Because you think there's a bigger group and someone will say something, right? Or, and, or again, part of it is you, people think that you have to stay in that state and just not and suffer. You don't have to suffer, right? So again, like let's say you're thirsty, go take care of it. Go get water. If you need to use the restroom, uh, pull over and use the restroom. You know, find a place to go. A lot of us, again, are so trained to be in this suffering state. Like, okay, we're just going to wait it out. And, you know, I mean, as soon as you feel discomfort, take care of it, Right? Make sure you're getting your money's worth. You worked hard, worked for it, hard, worked hard for it, right? So, if there, if the food isn't good, 
Ask the, you know, tell, ask the waiter to change it, right? Speak up. If you're at a hotel and you're just, you paid for that hotel room, you're uncomfortable because of other, you know, the way other guests are behaving, right? And it's late at night and they're, you know, putting the music so loud. You need to take care of that. Speak up, right? Through management. Again, say no to victim mentality. Do not be a victim, right? Get out of that victim, like, oh, it's, it's just, the, that's just the way it is. No, 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 no. It's not just the way it is, right? You, it's your choice. You can get up and do something about it. So again, get out of that victim mentality, right, guys? And see how your life changes. Good morning, guys. This is Dr. Prajana. I hope you guys are doing well. Well, today I want to talk, to talk to you about being an encourager versus a criticizer. Encourager versus a criticizer. An encourager is a person who encourages others, right? And uh, with positive statements, with, you know, hopeful statements. And a criticizer, a person who puts somebody down, who criticizes, right? Most of the time. So when you are, uh, I want you to self-reflect and see what kind of person you are. Are you an encourager or are you a criticizer? What do you say to your friends? What do you say to your kids? What do you say to your siblings? Are you, again, a crit- encourager or criticizer? Try to consciously choose to be an encourager, right? Also teach this to your children, right? Teach them to be an encourager, right? Watch them as they interact with their friends and their siblings. What kind of, you know, how are they speaking and relating to others, right? And when you notice that, if you notice that they're criticizing, say, hey, and explain what that means to be an encourager and, and criticizer and say, hey, are you being an encourager right now or are you being a criticizer right now, right? That's a good technique to use to kind of help them, teach them to self-reflect, right, and change their behavior. Also, uh, lastly, notice who are the criticizers and encouragers in your life, right? I mean, all the people that you interact with on on a regular basis. You want to make sure you have more encouragers in your life and when... And when there is somebody that's criticizing, often call it out. Say, hey, can you stop criticizing? I, I didn't like that joke. I didn't, uh, that was a mean joke. Even if, you're, if, if, if they try to play it off as if it was a joke, right? You have to call it out. So again, learn to be an encourager, not a criticizer. We don't need any more criticizers in our lives, right? We need more encouragers. So consciously choose to have more encouragers in your life correct the behaviors of criticizers and you being learn to learn to be an encourager and teach your kids this as well and family members loved ones all right guys take care lots of love to you you are awesome hi guys this is dr frajan i hope you guys are doing well today i'm going to talk about another technique that you can use to increase positivity in your life Basically, it's called stop acting like a cave dweller. Stop acting like a quick cave dweller. What do I mean by that? A lot of us are taught in this in society that we need to overreact to life. A lot of us overreact like a cave dweller. Think about how a cave dweller reacts, right? They come out of the cave and they're like, ah, right? And what you want to learn is that you don't want to, you don't have to overreact to life. Why? Because when you overreact to situations, right? Because you have a choice. When something happens, right? If your teenager does something or 
somebody says something to you at work or you have a choice of, on how you're going to react. And you have to ask yourself, am I going to react like, overreact like a cave dweller? Or am I going to respond in an objective way? Right? And what are the reasons that you, you don't want to act like a cave dweller? Number one, right? When you overreact to life, right? When, you're, when, you, when you are in a state of hostility, anger, right? A lot of the times, you, you create negative hormones in your body, right? There's, a, there's, a, an, effect, there's an actual physical right, effect your body has. It produces negative hormones, right? Your immunity decreases. If you're constantly in this state of flight and fight, right? Every time you're just going about life and you're overreacting, what do you think it's going to do to your mind and your body, right? The, the clear research shows the effect, stress, and hostility, right? Um, the way you re, uh, relate to people in a hostile manner has an impact, a negative impact on your entire body. So now knowing that, you want to be very, very conscious as to how you react in life, right? You always have those choices. You don't want to be in that constant flight and fight state, right? So I'm going to share a simple technique that you can use when negative things happen, right? So instead of being reactive like a cave dweller, you can be proactive and be objective, right? Right? You can put the emotions aside and say, hmm, am I going to have an emotional reaction right now like a cave dweller? Or am I going to be have an objective response? So what I want you to do is you're basically here learning how to use the ego against the ego. So obviously the ego, you, with your ego, you don't want to be a cave dweller, right? And then obviously when someone is mean to you or someone is responding in a negative way or something's not going your way, your ego also acts up, right? Because you're like, wait a second, don't disrespect me like that. Don't, you know, why isn't this going my way? Why isn't the train coming on time? How could I, how did, why did I miss this train? Why didn't it wait, right? So those, that's again, your ego. So basically you're learning to use the ego against the ego by saying, I'm not going to respond like a cave dweller. And I want you to visualize this. I want you to visualize a cave person, a, per, a cave person coming out of the cave. And that's gonna, that's you. It's it, like, have that image. As soon as something negative happens that you don't want to be that, right? You don't want to be that. Absolutely not, Right? And that will help you take a deep breath, right? And out. And it will help you be more objective, right? So say, nope, I'm not going to respond like a cave dweller. Nope, I'm not going to respond like a cave dweller, right? I don't want to, I know that if I keep continuing to respond in this way, right, I'm going to age quickly, quick, quickly. I'm going to have... Uh, uh, future diseases, right? Something's going to affect my body. I'm going to get sick often. I'm not going to respond like this. I'm not going to respond like this, right? So avoid, like try to catch yourself when you're in that, oh no, thinking, right? Like when you, oh again, overreact. Don't overreact, guys. Don't overreact. You got this. All right, guys, take care. Bye. I hope this was helpful. I know it helped me. Bye. Hi guys, this is Dr. Farjana. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Today I'm going to talk about the negative effects that devices have on our sleep.
right? The neg- negative effects that our devices have on our sleep. Firstly, stop using, basically stop using devices two hours before bed. That's the, the biggest uh, information that I want to give you, right? Like just stop using your devices two hours before bed. And the reason I'm sharing this is because this helped me. It really helped me. I've read many articles. I've actually done lectures on this, right? But this particular information resonated with me as far as why I need to decrease this uh, phone usage. So number one, uh, digital devices are basically creating mental and physical health problems, right? On society as a whole. Why? Why particularly? Because it's creating chaos in our circadian, circadian rhythm, Okay, what is that? What is the circadian rhythm? Basically, it's a biological clock that regulates our sleep-wake cycle, right? All of us have these cells in us that basically, again, helps regulate our sleep-wake cycle, right? With natural lighting, right? Um, Now, also, this area regulates our temperature, mood, alertness, and cognitive functions. So sleep has an an extremely uh, important effect, role. It plays an extremely important role in our brain function. So I want you to understand the importance of sleep first, right? Do you see why it's important, right? Why we have to regulate the sleep-wake cycle, right? Why we have to maintain our, like, get get sleep, okay? So what is, what are, what, what, what is the devices, what are the devices doing? What are they doing, basically, okay? So... Devices create uh, blue light, right? It's like an electric light, obviously, right? Our devices create that. And because it creates this, this unnatural light, right? It starts blurring the boundaries between day and night, right? And, it, 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 and hence creating this chaos, right? In the circadian clock. Do you understand? Okay, now... What else does it do, right? Like how in particular, right, is it creating this chaos, okay? Number one, of the visible light spectrum, blue light has the strongest effect on our circadian rhythm, right? It creates this false sense of light, right, in us. Yeah, like the, there's, there's this false sense of light. Like it, it creates this sense of like morning sunlight. Next, exposure to the short wavelengths of blue light right from screens and smart smartphones and tablets it mimics the morning sunlight so if let's say you're using your phone you're using your phone at night like say right before bed it's creating this false sense of sunlight yeah it really is and then you wonder why you're awake then you wonder why you can't fall asleep some of us use the phone to thinking that it's going to help us fall asleep but it really isn't right because it's going to again you're going to wake up groggy in the morning Right. Have you noticed when you feel like your your eyes are just so heavy in the morning after you use a lot when you're on the phone a lot? Right. It makes sense. Next, there's a uh, according to psychology of today, age, there's age related changes to the eyes. Right. That reduce the amount of light reaching to the circadian clock. Hence, this disturbs sleep in a lot of us, especially in the elderly. Right. In older adults. Also, we know this, and we, I'm sure you've heard of this. There's a decline of mental health of young of, of adolescents and young adults, right? And it's not just because of the content in social media, but the blue light that's emit, that, that, that is um, 
coming out of devices, right? It, it's throwing off our balance. So guys, it's so important for us to like decrease the use of the phone. It's like we're so robotic. Like we, it's like I always call the phone my third child. Like everybody has this third child they're carrying around or the, this child that they're carrying around with them. And you need to really see how this phone is, the, these devices are having, the, 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 the effect that the, these devices are having on us. It's negative. It's affecting us mentally, physically. And I really want you to internalize this. The reason I'm sharing this is because I want you to understand this from a scientific perspective. Right? Like what this device is doing to us. So again, the biggest message here is do not use your phone two hours before bed. Just turn it off if you need to. But just don't use it. And you'll see like you'll wake up so much more... Uh, present and in in a more peaceful state it has changed my life and i know it'll change yours okay again it has a negative impact on your brain function (laughs) right you don't want to mess with that you don't want to you don't want to like impede that at all right guys In, in 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 any negative way Hi guys, this is Dr. Farjana. Hope you guys are doing amazing. Well, today when I was um, I was walk uh, uh, taking my the railroad home, I saw a a purse and there was a message. It said, "Take your time to make, take your time to nourish your soul." Right? Take your time to nourish your soul. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, "Huh, such a great message. It's such an amazing message that all of us need to internalize." So today I'm going to share something, uh, a particular technique that you can use to nourish your soul. So every single day, I want you to take time to make your soul happy. I really want you to do that every single day. I don't care if it's a work day. Every single day, seven days a week, right? Then you start living a fulfilled life. So even if it's rollerblading, riding your bike around the, the, the block, the, your house or the block, Right? And I, I don't want it to be something sensory. I don't want it to be something in the sense of like uh, a, from a device. I, I don't want you to get your nourishment from uh, div- a device. I want you to seriously consider what are some things you're going to do daily on a daily basis to nourish your soul. All right, guys? Even if it's healthy, eating a healthy ice, you know, eating ice cream, obviously in moderation. Even if it's... Uh, bah- Two, two pieces of chocolate, right? But I, I pray, that's, that's something you can do if it's on a, on a rainy day. But primarily, I want you to do something active, right? Even if it's just walking in nature or go to your backyard and take your shoes off and just walk on the grass. Just sit down on a nice chair and look at the birds outside, right? Look at what the animals are doing. Nourish your soul daily, guys. Life is too precious to let work overrun you, to let politics and diplomat, the the diplomacy that that occurs, right? The the tragedies to, you know, like crush your soul. You need to actively go out there and nourish your soul. It's not going to happen out of, it's not just going to happen on, don't wait for your vacation days. Don't wait for the weekend. Every single day. And I'm talking about healthy nourishment. I'm not talking going out and partying, right? Like a rock star. 
I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, peaceful. Things that bring you inner peace. All right, guys? Make it, make it, promise yourself that every day you'll do one thing that nourishes your soul. All right, guys. I got the message to you guys. Hope your heart is full of love, peace, right? All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Hi, guys. This is Dr. Frajan. I hope you guys are doing amazing. As always, I love connecting with you guys. Today, I'm going to talk about what happens to your body when you start setting boundaries, right? When you start healing from codependent behavior, right? When you start loving yourself, especially after many years of not doing those things, right? So what your body is going to do, it is going to resist, right? It is going to resist when you start setting boundaries with others, right? It's going to resist when you start getting out of that codependent tendencies, right? When you start healing from that, it's going to resist when you start loving yourself. Why? Because your brain has been trained, your mind and body has been trained, right? To do the opposite not love yourself, right? Not set boundaries with people, right? You let them walk all over you, right, in the past. Or, you know, you, you did, you helped others at the expense of yourself many times. So now when you start doing the opposite, your brain, your mind and body are going to be like, what? What's going on? What's going on? Literally, it's going to, it is, phys- you're going to see a physical reaction. What does this physical reaction look like? It can be stomach upset, right? Like an upset stomach. Uh, diarrhea, it can be aches and pain in your body, right? And I want you to be prepared for it because I want you to understand that your body resistance, resisting this new habit formation of yours, right? It is going to resist it, right? And I want you to know that it's part of the process and be okay with it. Like, okay, I, I, so when you know, when you know, you know, you can expect it. Like, okay, this is This is part of the process. This is part of the healing process. And I am going to be more in tune with my body. I'm going to eat healthier because I know it's going through this transition, right? So again, remember, like I always say, your subconscious mind believes anything you tell it. So if you're going to feed it with years of I'm ugly, I don't have any friends, right? It's going to believe it. And your body's going to succumb to that same scenario, right? If you're, again, if you tell yourself, my marriage sucks, I have a horrible relationship, I'm not happy, right? The mind and body are going to conform. Same thing, oh, if you focus on your childhood trauma for all your life and don't get the help you need, it's gonna be in that state at all times, most of the time in that flight and fight mode. So when you start doing the opposite, and you start retraining your brain, what's happening, right? The body's going to resist like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? This is something different, right? The mind's gonna be like, okay, okay, all right. I I can get used to this, but there will be resistance. So I want you to be aware of that, guys, okay? Don't stop the healing process when your body starts resisting. Please, guys, you just have to pass through that process, that phase, and then, right the new habit right the new uh belief is going to become your reality right so keep fighting 
and keep fighting and feed your mind the positive thoughts, right? Right? With, of your new behavior. All right, guys. I hope you guys really internalize this and understand this um, and, you know, move forward. All right, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. This is Dr. Frajana. Hope you guys are doing amazing. Well, guess what, guys? Today, while I was taking the train, yes, the New York City trains, right? I, I saw myself getting into like a bit of a heightened state, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I caught myself. I, I actually, you know, was able to watch my thought process. And then I realized something. I realized that society trains us to dodge bullets at all times, right? It, t- it, t- it teaches us to train, like it teaches us to dodge bullets at work, at our commute, family dynamics, right? We're always like, okay, something bad might happen. Yes, something bad might happen, right? Remember what happened last year on the trains? And, and so you just, you start getting into this state. You go to work and then it's reinforced. Like, do you remember all the, all the shootings that happened at schools? And it's just like, it's like everybody's in this like fear-based mentality right? Like flight and fight mode at all times, hypervigilance. And it's, and it's not a good state to be in guys, because what I want to tell you is two things. Number one, negative unconscious behavior has occurred from generations, right? For centuries, right? It, it, it's always it, like, think about it. Crime has always existed 20 years ago, right? A hundred years ago, right? unconscious behavior in some form has existed and it is going to continue to exist, right? So we have to realize that when we understand the probable action of nature, right? Like in the form of, let's say, hurricanes or whatnot, uh, pandemics, or the probable action of politics, right? The probable action of crime, right? The probable action of work dynamics. When we're familiar with the dynamics and the probable actions, because they've been happening for centuries, right? Then we don't let these situations uh, affect us. They don't, we don't let it ruin our days because we know this is, it's, 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 it has occurred already and it's going to occur. There's going to be unconscious behavior and there's going to be conscious behavior. Right? So, so how do you get yourself out of this like flight and fight mode of, oh my goodness, what's happening in the world? Oh my goodness, we gotta, we gotta like do this now. And oh no, oh no thinking. What do we do? We have to understand that we have to know the probable actions, obviously be aware, right? Right? And then number two, we need to realize that relaxation equals efficiency. Relaxation equals efficiency. So if we get into a frazzled state, that's not going to do us any, any good. It's gonna actually create negative hormones in us, right? It's gonna decrease our immunity, right? So it's important to not in, be in like such a hypervigilant state at all times, right? In this state of hostility, of what's happening in the world, right? Politics, diplomacy, right? All of that. So you have to understand that the way to combat negativity is by being in a relaxed state. And when you are in a relaxed state, that leads to efficiency. So better decision making on what you're gonna do and how you're gonna handle 
unconscious behavior, right? So you don't want to be running around like a rooster on your daily life, right? At work, at home. Oh no, did you hear what happened on the news? Okay, I'm sure that happened uh, 30 years ago too in some form, right? I'm not saying we don't take action, but being in a frazzled state is not going to make you any more uh, alert. I mean, or the, you know, any more efficient. Relaxation, right? Being in a, in a state of relaxation, that's going to be, make you efficient. So how, well, how can you add more relaxation into your life? I would recommend getting weekly massages. Like honestly, like you can go to one of those places that, like a nail salon or something, and you get a massage for $15 for 15 minutes or $20, right? I want you to exercise. That's gonna add relaxation. When you get home, take a shower, put some candles on, right? Uh, do some boxing, right? Get that, get it, get it all of it out after your daily commute, right? Or your daily schedule. But again, the goal is to increase. Yes, of course you want to be aware, but not in a frazzled manner. You want to be aware, but you want to have relaxation in your daily life where you're nourishing your soul so you can make those right decisions and handle life better and handle the stimuli of life better, right? Again, number one, understand history. Number two, know the probable action of certain dynamics, certain people, right, certain arenas. Number three, add relaxation because relaxation equals efficiency. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. I really do. Let's start changing our mindset, right? And instead of being in a hypervigilant state, let's refuse to be like that. And let's refuse to internalize other people who make that a priority. And let's instead add more relaxation because we know relaxation will lead to efficiency, right? All right, guys, take care. Lots of love to you and your family. Protect your families, protect yourself, and do not buy into this crazy state of being frazzled and hypervigilant. And like, oh no, thinking, oh no. Remember, you don't want to be a cave dweller, right? Objective over emotional decisions, okay? Emotional choices, or emotional reactions. All right, guys, take care, bye. Hi guys, this is Dr. Frajana. I hope you guys are doing well. Today I want to talk about not being so busy and self-absorbed, okay? How can we uh, balance work and life, right? Okay, so firstly, like you just have to make a conscious decision not to be so busy and self-absorbed, right? Don't be so busy for your children or yourself, right? Like don't be too busy for your children or for yourself where you're not present, right? You're running around like a rooster, before you know it, time will pass. That extra hour you worked for, worked for won't be worth it. It really won't. Make sure daily you play with your children. Like, for, for, for example, like if you have two children, I want you to spend 30 minutes with one child and 30 minutes with another, even if it's your teenager, right? Commit to that every single day where you're in, interacting with your children, right? Also, nourish your soul in some way. Rest. Right, do something that that uh, feeds your soul in a positive way. Right, have heartfelt, heartfelt conversations with your teen. 
right? Spend some uh, intimate time with your spouse, even if it's like rubbing each other's head, right? Giving each other a little simple massage daily, right? It only takes 10 minutes. Um, finally, a simple technique you can use to maintain work-life balance is create an evening schedule. I, I cannot emphasize this enough, right? Um, and on, in this schedule, include your workout, uh, kid time, spouse connection time, self-care, God connection. So like seriously, if you get home at four o'clock, let's say, just, you know, time it out and follow this schedule. It will help you. It will give you guidelines, right? Remember, your brain uh, uh, absorbs things better when you give it some guidelines right? So hope this was helpful, guys. I know the school year started and you know what? I know you got this. You can do this, guys. You can do this. Do not let work overrun you, okay? And also like do not get overrun by accomplishing and your, you know, goal achievement as well. You have to have that balance because life just, you know how life goes, right? It just goes. <laughs> so savor the moments. Okay, guys, savor the moments. All right, guys, take care. Bye. Hi, guys, this is Dr. Prajana. I hope you guys are doing amazing. I love connecting with you guys. Today, I want to talk about how to have a, how to not have a complaint mindset, how to not have a complaint mindset, right? And more of a solution-oriented mindset. It's important to acknowledge that complaining comes from your ego and a lack of mindset. It doesn't really solve anything, right? Instead, it creates a flight, fight, and freeze mode within yourself. It takes you out of a relaxed state, hence increases inefficient behavior, right? It's important to vent, of course, and process your emotion, but do not turn it into complaining. I'm going to share some simple techniques that you can use where you can vent and process versus complain, right? And be more solution oriented. So number one, have a two time, two to three time rule, meaning complain about, I mean, I don't want to use the word complain. You want to say vent, right? Vent into vent with someone or at least two to three times about the same subject. But after that, you need to stop, right? So have like a two time rule, right? That you're going to vent or process this. No, when talking about the same subject more than three times, is start, starts turning into complaining, right? So I'm not referring to talking to a therapist. Obviously, that's different, right? If there's trauma involved, there's, you need, it's still bothering you. But I'm talking about when you're randomly just bringing it up to everyone you know, right? More than three, two or th three times, and this just turns into complaining, right? Plain old complaining. Instead, ask yourself, is this complaint? How can I be? How can I be more solution oriented versus complaint oriented? So another technique you can ask yourself is. How can I be more solution-oriented versus complaint-oriented? Am I being solution-oriented or am I being complaint-oriented, right? Hope this helps. And this will really absolutely help um, you uh, be more productive in your life when certain uh, stressors come into play. All right, hope this is helpful.